When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name is Alex Dreamer, and it is Wednesday, March 1st of 2023. That's right, kicking off your new month with a new edition of the podcast. How wonderful is that? I'm feeling wonderful. I'm on remote this week, remote assignment, if you will. I'm in Florida, where all the spring training action is. I figured I'd go to every camp, see what's up. Uh, No, just kidding. I'm relaxing in Fort Lauderdale, (laughs) but I'm still talking to all of you. So I give myself an A for effort. Um, big show on tap today. I have three uh, issues that I want to hit on, beginning with uh, one of my favorite media careers to follow. And I definitely say that with a lot of sarcasm. Um, Kurt Schilling. Uh, I missed this announcement on the show last week, but even better to talk about it this week because his podcast is actually up and running. Uh, Kurt Schilling has a new baseball podcast that is hosted on OutKick the right-wing sports-slash-culture-slash-troll site that Clay Travis runs. Um, At first glance, I said, well, this is really fitting. (laughs) I mean, Kurt Schilling, an outkick, what a perfect partnership, right-wing trolls getting together. Um, The fact of the matter is, Kurt Schilling's media career has been a complete failure. And ever since he left ESPN in 2016, or I'm sorry, not left ESPN, after he was unjustly fired from ESPN in 2016 for posting anti-trams memes and messages on Facebook, which now look, you know, really tame compared to lynching journalists, QAnon, and the other stuff Schilling has posted. But, uh, you know, after his ESPN days, Schilling's right-wing career, I mean, at first glance, you would go, oh, like, this is how it starts, right? You're aggrieved, you're canceled. Yep, Schilling canceled, one of the first big examples we had of cancel culture running amok um and he did some contributor stuff with fox news but wasn't great and made some strange comments i remember he appeared on i think it was fox business at the height of the 2016 presidential election when that videotape uh was released and donald trump was going up escalators and really young girls are going down the escalators and by young girls i mean like teenage girls and Trump said something about he was going to like marry one of them one day or something like that. And showing weirdly went on Fox News and defended Trump. And even like the Fox News host, this woman, Trish Regan, was like, um, OK, like this is even a little too much for us. So that wasn't great. Then he started a podcast on Breitbart, which failed. And 
Since then, as I mentioned, he's really just gotten crazier and crazier, moving to Tennessee a couple of years ago because the people in Massachusetts were too mean to him. He was doing these weird webcam shows for a while. I dug up an old story, actually, I wrote about showing in August of 2018 for WEI.com, reviewing this horrible Breitbart podcast that he was doing and these weird webcam shows that he was doing, just ranting into the camera, talking about God knows what. And shh, please don't say how is that too dissimilar from your podcast, Alex. I like to think we have a point here. Um, so it was just, and, and the thing that always, that Schilling suffered from was a couple of things. Like, yes, at first he had the, the ascendance, the, the, at first he had the path correct, right? So canceled, not from politics. So a figure from sports and both sides of the political aisle, I think like that, where you can take someone outside of the traditional political background. So he had the big name, he had the celebrity, he had the backstory, the grievance, as I was saying. Um, but then after that, you look at Schilling, A, there's not a lot of humor in the delivery, very angry. B, not all that reliable. I mean, I do think there is an over-under as to how long this baseball podcast without kick is going to actually last. And C, I mean, not saying anything different. I mean, frankly, the further Schilling has removed himself from his baseball career and he now retired in what was it 2008 2009 so it's you know 15 years since he's pitched um and he becomes less relevant and he just becomes another angry ranting older white guy and even on the right they're not necessarily looking for that they want some new faces some more diversity it's funny but it's true look at the it's showing just doesn't doesn't stand out in that respect um, and then we have the hilarious Hall of Fame situation uh, showing his ninth year on the ballot a couple years ago, received 71.1% of Hall of Fame votes. Players have to, cries, have to cross the 75% threshold for induction. So you would say, oh, like showing might actually get there in his 10th year. Crazy it took that long. And I'll never understand how a guy who retired is not a Hall of Famer one year but even though his numbers haven't changed, he's then a Hall of Famer the following year. I don't get that, but that's what happens. But yet Schilling, who at this point had already been crazy Trump supporter, uh, tirades against the media. I think this was after his lynching journalist joke. Um, but he still received 71 plus percent of the vote. And yet he complained. He said politics keep him out of the Hall of Fame. He wanted to be removed from the ballot. Last year's 10th year. Schilling, despite his request, was not removed from the ballot. He was still on the ballot. His voting percentage dropped precipitously. He received 58.6% of the vote last year, his 10th and final year. Um, but the funny part is this past year, from the Contemporary Era Committee, formerly the Veterans Committee, a committee made up of former players, and in the words of Schilling, people, quote, whose opinions actually matter, um, Big Kurt suffered even a bigger rebuke from them than he did from his hated writers. Uh, he received just seven of 16 votes from that committee this past December, 43.7%. So his last year on the ballot, after demanding he be taken off the ballot, still nearly 59% of writers voted showing for the hall. And then a committee of his peers, ex-players, the guy who, again, guys who whose opinions actually matter. Schilling just got 43.7% of the vote from them. So I say all that to say, uh, Schilling has been down and out for a while. 
but he's resurfacing with his Outkick podcast. And I've listened to a little bit of it so far. I just listened to the episode he posted featuring Lenny Dykstra, and it wasn't bad. I mean, you forget that Schilling was a great analyst for ESPN, and he earned that Sunday night spot that he was given. When he's talking baseball, he's very knowledgeable. He seems to be enjoying himself more. And it's it's it's, 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 it's an interesting con- uh, contrast that despite his very regressive political views, Schilling has always been progressive when it comes to analyzing the game of baseball. I mean, he was really one of the first players who took the sabermetrics in the analytics movement. So I'm always interested, even today, to hear what Schilling has to say about baseball. We'll see how long the Outkick podcast lasts, though. We'll see how long Schilling can stay disciplined, because that's not his strength either. And the fact of the matter is, Schilling could could host the most insightful and a really great baseball podcast, but obviously I don't think he's ever going back to ESPN. And just his brand of politics is so toxic. And it's not just that he's a right winger. It's, again, QAnon, lynching journalists, these crazy conspiracy theories, his combativeness, his tone. Go on down the line. Uh, I think he may even be too toxic for Fox Sports, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so I think, sadly, Outkick may be Kurt Sealing. It's a sad story because just six, seven years ago, he had probably the most prominent MLB analyst role on ESPN Sunday night baseball. And then he couldn't stop posting mean things about transgender people on Facebook. And that was it for him. And uh, now he's doing this podcast and outkick like it so far, but we'll see a, how long it lasts and B can he actually stick to baseball? I'm not betting on that. Another, speaking of FS1, they'll bring anybody there, right? Tom Brady, of course, signed his big deal with Fox Sports, 10 years, $375 million. He shocked many people, myself included, when he said a couple weeks ago he wasn't planning on making his Fox debut until fall of 2024. So apparently he'll be taking all of next NFL season off, uh, which is good news for viewers because it leaves Greg Olson in the number one chair. But What's Brady going to do in the interim? Well, according to a report from Radar Online, one of these gossip rags owned by the same company that owns uh, that owns the Inquirer, I believe. Um, Brady, it's been reported that Brady is planning a career in stand-up comedy. That's right, Tom Brady, according to Radar Online this week, is planning to pursue stand-up comedy. But quote, his inner circle is trying to talk him out of it. A source told Radar Online that, quote, Tom was a terrific quarterback, but he needs to toss this idea before it's too late. Those quotes are so good. You know, toss this idea. Pun certainly intended, I'm sure. You wonder if it, if they're, like, too good to be true. Don't you, don't you wonder that? Um, apparently, the reception that Brady received from his co-actors in 80 for Brady, Rita Tom, uh, you know, Jane Fonda, uh, Rita Marino, Um, You know, these are legends in the movie field, legendary actresses, and apparently they're praised. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Rita Marino, Sally Field, uh, they convinced him, or at least planted the idea in his head that, oh yeah, maybe he could give the stand-up thing a try. Quote, a source says, the ladies were super nice to him, and he did a nice job reading professionally written material in a small part. Uh, but he'll be playing in a whole different league if he takes up the stand-up stage. He does a great impression of former teammate Rob Gronkowski and his over-the-top Boston accent is hilarious. Well, if that's something they think the 
comedy world is missing. People can do an over-the-top Boston accent. Um, you know what? I don't hate this for Tom Brady. I don't. I If he wants to pursue stand-up, I'm all for it. And I know his, uh, I know my approval is very important to him, obviously. Uh, you know, I think it's obvious that Brady is maybe undergoing some sort of midlife crisis here. Uh, his father, Tom Sr., alluded in an interview in the Atlantic a few weeks ago that he thinks Brady Jr. is going to struggle to fill that void that not having football will leave in his life. And he's divorced, obviously, now. So maybe this is part of his soul-finding, soul-searching process. But this actually might be the most relatable thing Brady's done, if he does do it, in a while, because a lot of people in their mid-40s, it'll be 46 in August, so creeping towards those upper 40s now, experience some sort of midlife crisis, especially if they have a major life change, and Brady has had a couple. And, I mean, he's not going to be handed a $375 million contract to do stand-up. You know, he's not going to start and instantly sell out a major theater. If Tom Brady wants to do stand-up, I would have to assume, like actual stand-up comedy on a stage in front of people, I would have to assume that, I don't don't know if he's going to be performing at your local open mic night, but it might be something similar to that. I mean, I don't think he'll be given a big spot right off the bat. That's not how stand-up works. So if Tom Brady wants to go through that process or at least start that process and legitimately try his hand at stand-up, the way that newcomers do, I'd respect that. I mean, that to me is more respectable than even just jetting in into a cushy seventy-five, you know, $37 million per year NFL analyst job. So, hey, it's easy to mock and certainly a report from Radar Online. Uh, you got to take with a grain of salt. But it makes sense for the delay. And, you know, Brady might be crazy enough to think he's good at it. <laughs> I mean, certainly somebody doesn't achieve what he's achieved and accomplished and doesn't have an ego on him. And we know that. So I think it's fine. I think it's, I think again, a midlife crisis like this might be the most relatable he's been in a while. So we'll see what happens, but Tom, I'm rooting for you. Rooting for you. Maybe we'll catch you at giggles down the line. Uh, the last note I want to hit on today, I think is a bubbling culture war. We have brewing here in Boston over Jason Tatum. Yes. On one, on one side, You have the old guard, sports talk radio hosts, columnists like Dan Shaughnessy, and I'll get to his Tatum piece in a second, who are casting doubt, casting aspersions upon the budding superstar. He's too selfish, too self-involved, cares about personal accomplishments more than winning a championship. And on the other side, you have people who go, wait a minute, he's 24 years old. He is a legitimate star. 34 points per game this year, career high, getting better every year. Yes, he ran out of gas in the final games of the NBA Finals last season, but it was his first trip to the Finals. We imagine he'll be back. And if you actually look at the numbers, Tatum is one of the most clutch NBA performers in recent memory, if not all time. And I'll get to that as well. So that's the ground war that we have going on with Jason Tatum right now. And I have to say, I mean, I think a lot of this criticism at this stage in his career is unfair, and it's just relying on old tropes. This is what Shaughnessy wrote a couple days ago in regards to Tatum. Following, by the way, an All-Star weekend in which he shined, 55 points, All-Star game record, All-Star game MVP, and I understand it was a very lowly rated All-Star game. No defense was being played, and yes, the ultimate goal is not to shine in the All-Star game. The ultimate goal is to, yes, shine in June, but you can't 
be in the, you can't play in the NBA finals until you make it. So a couple weeks ago, Tatum was at the all-star game in Salt Lake city and shined. And he's had a great year, obviously, but this is what Sean is. He writes enough with the MVP campaign, birthday parties, signature shoes, subway sandwiches, and hunger for individual accolades. It's time for Jason Tatum to step up and lead the Celtics to the NBA championship. And then Shaughnessy goes through Tatum's supposed crimes. He missed a game to go to St. Louis for his son's birthday in December. Just before the All-Star break, he missed an important game in Milwaukee with a non-COVID illness. Uh, After scoring 55 points and being named MVP of the All-Star game, the worst basketball game ever played, said Denver's Mike Malone, who coached Team LeBron. Tatum said, to be able to wear my signature shoe today and break the record and take home this award as somebody that I idolized, the award's named after Kobe, it's a hell of a day. Jonas, he writes, swell, but how about MVP of the finals? Now that would be something. Yes, that would be something, but I hate that attitude that just because Jason Tatum said he's happy that he won the all-star game MVP doesn't mean that he doesn't want to win NBA finals MVP either. Like you can do both. And again, this notion that Jason Tatum doesn't care about team accomplishments, that he's still too wrapped up in the individual accolades, I just think is relying on stuff that may have been true two, three years ago. Uh, Kyrie's final year in the team certainly was tumultuous. You know, the bubble, the Celtics, they had that huge locker room altercation. Marcus Smart throwing chairs around. But since then, they've come together. Again, just two wins from the championship last year. I understand Tatum was out of gas, but he played a lot of minutes last season and last postseason. Like, this guy's in his mid-20s. He's a he's a star, M- peripheral MVP candidate, but I think an MVP candidate nonetheless. Uh, lay off him a little bit. Let's lay off him. And yeah, like, he argues with the referees against the Knicks Monday night in a tough loss. He got ejected after he was clearly fouled on a three-point attempt. He brought up with the officials, was ejected, first time in his career, and it won't be the last. I mean, yeah, Jason Tatum is a modern-day star NBA player who complains to officials, join the club, or he is a modern-day star NBA player who has friendships with other stars around the league. Join the club. I mean, the days of Larry Bird, 70s, 80s, Celtics, Lakers. I'm not talking to anybody who wears purple and gold or anybody who wears another uniform. That's just not the way it works anymore. Jason Tatum is not the only guy who's friends with stars around the league. He's just not. So you're, you're, you're angry with the culture of the league. Place your anger there, not towards Tatum. Um, and... And I think Tatum even has shown more accountability in recent weeks. So you you go to uh, the game against Indiana last week. uh, The Celtics did one. Tatum had the huge game-winning tip-in at the end. But he acknowledged that he wasn't playing that well and may be still drunk from the All-Star break, which I thought was amusing. He had the huge game-winning three-pointer against Philly on Sunday, or Saturday, rather. And the fact is, if you look at the numbers, Jason Tatum might be the most clutch player ever. That's right, ever. According to NBA.com, Tatum is the only player in league history to shoot at least 50% on game-tying or go-ahead shots with less than 24 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter among players with at least 25 such attempts. Uh, His shot Saturday against Philadelphia made him 13 of 26 on such shots and 15 of 29 in the playoffs. So I'm not here to suggest that the numbers don't lie and that Jason Tatum is the most clutch player in NBA history. 
I think you need to win at least one championship before you can be in that conversation and certainly not be a turnover machine in the closing moments of the finals if you want to be in that conversation. But Jason Tatum takes big shots and he makes big shots at a 50% clip in the regular season and at slightly more than a 50% clip in the postseason. The numbers in that case do not lie. Saturday night, add it to his resume and give him a break. Cut him a break. If he underperforms in the playoffs again, bad finals performance again, then we can then we can release the hounds, if you will. But just relying on these old tropes that, oh my God, Jason Tatum is such a selfish guy because he went to his son's birthday party and missed a meaningless regular season game in December. Like, please, please give the guy a break. Cut the guy some slack. He's a budding superstar. Let's not run him out of town. Let's not do that. So enough, enough with the Tatum hate. That's my uh, cause celebre, if you will, for the beginning of March. Thank you as always for listening to the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do that is via Twitter. At AlexRemer1 is my name. That again is at AlexRemer1. So long, everybody. Next week, back to my usual Thursday schedule. So thanks for tuning in on a Wednesday this week. We'll talk to you down the line.